I'm I'm fine myself. Uh, no coffee this morning, as you can tell. Um, cool. And now I uh, I find myself doom scrolling more as every day passes, and I'm uh, the days are bleeding into one another. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out why people are wanting to cancel Netflix, and it's uh, <laughs> apparently that's a. A trending but is hashtag. that a, is that a new thing? People are just like rage quitting Netflix for no apparent reason. I I guess something about I don't know some movie that they like redid and I don't know it's a whole thing. Oh my gosh, people, so people are offended, context so they're and, like, I'm going to cancel, but I'll come back in two months. <laughs> yeah, there's I think there's some context that people are missing here, but this is okay. not a cancel Netflix show, so I'm not going to. Oh goodness, spend any more time on it than that, but. I'm very excited because there's a new Sherlock Holmes based film coming out. Very oh, excited. Okay. They've already been sued, so that's kind of fun. Um, it's a Anola Holmes. It's basically like the Holmes's sister. Okay. Because like they're like all three of them are incredibly intelligent, just in different ways. Um, so they're making a movie about her, and it's the um, I forget the actress's name. It's the girl um, who played in Stranger Things, like the main girl. Oh, She's, Billy Bobby Brown, I think is yeah, her name. <laughs> that's such a cool name, Billy mm-hmm. Bobby Brown. Um, she is Enola Holmes. Millie Bobby. I call her Billy. I'm sorry. I'm canceled. <laughs> that's totally wrong. Um, no, she's such a great actress, so that's going to be cool, and I just love Sherlock Holmes. Okay. Sherlock Holmes and James Bond, which, by the way, this past weekend, I found comics of both of those, so those were quickly acquired. <laughs> you are a, a lot more rare than I thought. Dude, yeah, a lot of people underestimate my nerdiness. I try to warn them, and they're like, oh, yeah, okay, sure. I'm like, no, but really, <laughs> like, you boys got some comic books. Like, we're, we're nerding out right now. Um, oh, gosh. But, yeah, dude, it's uh, it's it's been a, a nutty week because actually this entire month I am flying somewhere or having somebody fly in to me every weekend. You know, there's so a pandemic like, going on, right? Yeah, yeah, no, that's why I get I have to get COVID tested every time I fly back. It's really that's annoying. Wonderful. So I get to work from home for like two days a week, and it's really annoying. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I, it's funny because I I still do like working from home, but you know, like my the apartment I got here in Boston is not set up for that. Like I I have a desk and stuff, but you know I just got a studio because I'm living in the in the city. Um, whereas my previous place had like an actual like alcove you know i guess you just call it like a flex space just for like work um so you're not gonna walk around the apartment had like the space but this apartment is not designed for that <laughs> like at all um so it's just kind of like and you're we're paying for an office so like i want to use it um and we got a team so yeah different situation you know definitely See, different. if you didn't pay for the office you wouldn't have this problem <laughs> you would have these problems i could still be in florida great yeah i mean this is all you created this situation i know for yourself. i know and, I and honestly no I, I, i'm still sticking behind it like we we have grown so much um you know we're, we're diving back into code now which is fun like feature development hiring season is upon us so we're hiring, man, and we're at a position where we can hire a few more people than we thought. So that's nice. Oh, yeah? What's the link to go find out more? Vindrive.com slash careers. Boom. Done. Done. Over. See you guys. Bye. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, it's been nuts, man. I'm chugging coffee today for sure. Oh, yeah? Is it mine? 
Dude, it is actually. Well, not this exact one because I'm at the office and I just need like a pick me up. But no, I tried the Sumatra. It is very good. It is definitely like it's it's like deeper, if that makes sense. Like it's thicker too. I was not expecting that. So so how's everything going now? Because it's been a handful of weeks since you did like basically basically like a soft launch, right? Yeah, I would I would say still still softly launching. Uh, okay. Mostly because I know nothing about social media advertising. So okay. I'm learning as I go here, which is... Can I give some advice? Sure. Not that I'm an expert in social media by any stretch of the imagination. I literally loathe it. But the thing that truly helped us, um, and it was done very strategic, was building a Facebook group. It, it sounds like such a cop-out and such like a low-level thing that's not really worth your time. I'm telling you it is, though. Um, it's like SEO though, right? Like it's, it's not going to yield ROI today, right? but in three to six months it will, and it will continue to do so for a long period of time. Like, you know, early on it was, it was kind of, you know, daunting and a, and a lot of work to just get people to request to join. So we, it's not completely open. Like you have to request to join, um, our, our Facebook group and, and we ask for emails. You don't have to give it to us, but you know, we say, Hey, if you want our seven figure, you know, blueprint ebook, which we give away for free, give us your email. So we build an email list on top of that, which is kind of nice. Um, so now we're at a point where we're adding probably 200, I would say on average people per week to that group, just like clockwork. And we, we don't put any effort into it right now. Um, you know, whereas before we were, Every Tuesday for like two and a half, three years, I did, you know, Facebook lives and wrote blog posts twice a week. And what's great is every blog post and video and blah, blah, blah that we created outside of the group got shared in the group, which means we got immediately people sharing it, looking at it. So, you know, from an SEO standpoint, um, Google's saying, oh, you're getting traffic immediately to it. That's really good. That's a good sign. So let's bump up your rankings a little bit here. Um, and it's it's a cool thing because you're you're truly building a community. And I don't know, it, just, it was one of those things that, in my opinion, it was a major catalyst for us getting traction and getting moving. Um, so I, I always recommend building a group slash community around the thing that you exist upon, if that makes sense. So it might be like just coffee lovers, right? Like, And it's not just your brand, right? It's like all things coffee, right? Like let's talk about this stuff. And then eventually it's, hey, let's talk about what we've built here. Or, hey, you know, we're launching something new. You, you guys should try it, right? Um, and you can kind of take that that approach on it. Okay. Yeah. I made, I made some notes of that while you were, while you were talking. I hadn't thought about that at all, to be honest with you. I don't believe in the whole social media marketing in the sense of just publishing blog posts to this amorphous blob that doesn't actually exist. Cause that's what a lot of people tell you. Oh, just, just publish. I'm like, but to who dude, nobody's seeing your stuff. Like why, why not just take a more strategic approach that's going to be more long-term, um, but it's really going to drive, you know, moving forward. Right. So like that's helped us launch our SEO campaign, um, which is doing fantastic, which right now is like our biggest growth lever. Like we're doubling down on that outside of like affiliates, but even affiliates, right? Like that's how we got people initially interested in trying us out. And they're like, Hey, I want to be an affiliate. And like now they're, you know, pushing, um, you know, hundreds of new trials per month. And you're like, wow, geez, where did you come from? Facebook. Yeah, that was one, that was one thing I was, I was speaking with, um, uh, a friend of mine who, uh, I met here in the, in the, in our mutual Amazon space. And he had mentioned affiliate marketing to kind of like niche coffee type youtube channels specifically you know and and setting up an affiliate arrangement and whatnot and and how lucrative if done right if you if you lock in the right kinds of people who will actually advocate for 
your brand and your product, how how well that can that can actually perform. So. Oh, and it does. And and it's I would say it's our second biggest growth channel. Um, and that's a good point where like some people that come in, they're like, oh, I have a huge audience. I don't care because if you're not really advocating for the brand or the product, it's not going to amount to much. So you can have somebody with a smaller audience, but that is pushing and really believes in what you've built here. I um, mean, gets behind it that will have a far greater track record, um, in performance moving forward. And so we, we really don't pre-filter people. We just say, cool, jump in. Like we don't negotiate on rates or commission. We say it's 15%. Um, if you're at a point where you're our biggest affiliate, now we can negotiate, but not coming in it's 15% prove it. Sure. Um, which, so we just, we, we streamlined that process. Now I still go through and manually approve people. So I do kind of like a double check. Um, cause there are people to be frank that, I don't want to be affiliates of us. I don't want them to represent us, period, because they have a bad image or something like that. So, so we are aware of that. Uh, but it's it's a pretty streamlined process. Um, yeah, I think it's one thing that, that works really well. One of the things I'm speaking at a retreat um, at the end of this uh, month, and one of the things I'm talking about is like you know wholesale and private label growth strategies that that I've kind of discovered. Uh, I, I've, at least I've ne- never seen anybody else like talk about it and it's marrying a different business model, which is the Amazon affiliate side with the physical product side. So a lot of these people, they build sites, they SEO rank them for buying intent keywords and they say, here's the top five grill thermometers. And then they list over to affiliate links and people buy and they get commission. Yeah. So they're building sites that rank for people who want to buy stuff and they only get paid when people buy the stuff that they link to. Which is basically what you want. So my thought there is, well, if you have a comparable product and you can reach out to these people and be like, hey, I sell a grill thermometer. It's actually 50 bucks more than your top one. It's got great reviews. So you'll make more money and people will love it. Can you switch out that link with mine? And they go, yes. Great. So you just basically tied into a new sales channel and then you rinse and repeat so you can do it with wholesale. You can do it with private label. Um, it doesn't have to just be Amazon though, right? You can go to those people and say, hey, you have a coffee-based affiliate site. Yeah, it's not Amazon, but I can set you up with you know, 10 15% commission and you link to our products. And whatever people buy, that's what we give you. And, and you know, sometimes you're going to have to be strategic because a lot of times they're going to be like, well, it's already making me money. So like why rock the boat, so to speak? Like, okay, well, I'll give you – We'll give we'll give you commission, but as a test, I'll give you a hundred bucks for the for, for the first month just to kind of like test it, right? And if it doesn't go well, we cut our losses, we move on. Uh, but if it goes well, here's what we'll do moving forward. And as long as the CAC to LTV makes sense, there you're golden. So a lot of people are like, oh well, I'm not going to pay somebody to do to do that. I'm like, well, why not? If 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 it's a profitable you know equation, you should do that repeatedly. Um, so that, that's another option you can take, right? So I think not just finding affiliates, but finding the, finding these sites where their intent is to sell coffee related products and you inserting your coffee related products into their system. I think that's a good thing that you can scale out to be honest. It's going to take time, but it will scale very well. Oh, for sure. And, and a lot of, a lot of these advertising marketing experiences, things I'm, I'm now getting into are, you know, they're, they're, they're turning out exactly the way I, I knew they would in that it's all just kind of all over the place because this is me 
you know, I've 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 hammered out most of, if not all of the the rough spots in like the order flow and the checkout process and the fulfillment and all that stuff. Like I have, you can't, maybe you can see it. Like I got boxes on boxes on boxes, right? (laughs) Like I've, I've worked out all of the, the physical stuff. Now let's work out all of the, you know, the, let's make money, (laughs) the ephemeral, yeah. Money printing options. Right. And, you know, because it's not something I've had to do on a scale of, I need to make money from this, right? Like there's, I coming, coming at it from that perspective, it, it, it has been a bit daunting to, to start, but because it's relatively easy, if not actually easy to just pick up something and start with it, especially in this space, right? Like even if it doesn't turn out into anything, I still have something I've learned from, right? Whether it's, you know, proper copy and, or, you know, images, like how do you get people to stop scrolling and stare at your thing for more than two seconds? You know what I mean? Like all of those things, I'm all kind of just learning here in the moment. But here, here's, here's where you get stuck is focusing too much on that kind of stuff without having enough sample size coming in through the door to effectively test it. Right. So this is a problem. A lot of people have with like AB testing. So they go, Oh, well I'm going to test this version versus that version. I'm like, cool. That's a great idea. How many unique traffic hits are you getting per day? And they're like, Oh, like 50. I'm like, you, that's not a large enough sample size for you to, if like statistically know if a is better than B or vice versa. And so a lot of people think that that has to be perfect and, and optimized before they start sending a ton of traffic. It's actually the inverse. What you want to do is get a crap ton of traffic and, and you have to get through the mental block that is, well, I'm wasting that traffic. Cause you know, I could be getting 40% of sales instead of 30. So I'm losing 10%. No, what you're doing is giving yourself enough sample size to actually test to go from 30 to 40%. So if you can shift over to what are the channels that bring you traffic and as that is happening on the back end now testing, that's okay. But too many people spend way too much time on the on-page testing and obviously follow best practices, do that basic stuff. Um, but optimization is very, very difficult if you don't have a large enough sample size. So one thing that helped me was a book called Traction. Um, and it basically talks about what's called the bullseye framework. So if you think about like, um, just like a bullseye, right? What you want to do is you want to just test a bunch of different traction channels. Cause you actually don't know. You can say all day long, Facebook ads are going to be the thing, but you don't know that. So what you do is an iterative feedback loop process, right? You're going to say, okay, I'm going to go try these five traction channels and I'm just going to see which one did the best. And then as you get closer and closer to the bullseye, you basically iterated and honed in one, the traction channels that are worth your time to get better at, because now it's a good use of your time Two ones that are basically worth your capital, right? Because most traction channels are not free, even if that includes just your time or somebody else's time. So, you know, early on we tested Reddit ads Cause I'm like, I don't know. Turns out, nope, that was not good. People, people, Redditors hate ads. I don't understand it, uh, which is fine. So we're like, cool. Now we know let's try Facebook ads. Okay. Yeah, it kind of works, but not fully. Let's try SEO. Okay. That works really well, actually. Okay. So we'll spend a little bit more time there. Um, now that doesn't mean you find one traction channel and run with it and nothing else happens. You run with it, but in the background, you're still testing new things. So it's very much. The 80-20 principle, right? I'm going to try a bunch. I'm going to get my sample, 
do run an 80, 20 analysis on it to know which 20% of the traction channels that I just tested generated 80% of my results. And now I'm going to take it a step further. I'm going to spend a little bit more time on it, right? Whereas a lot of people go, it's Facebook ads. So they spend all their nights and days learning how to be a Facebook ad expert, spending all their money on Facebook ads. And turns out that's not actually their traction channel. What they could have done is actually SEO, which would have been far cheaper, more scalable and easier for them to get traction on earlier, right? Or vice versa. It can be the opposite, right? There, there is no one channel that works for everybody. Um, so like most things in business, it's just testing a bunch of crap and seeing what sticks and then tripling down. That's really it. You know, I, I, I swore up and down Facebook ads were going to be our thing. And it is the largest thing we have struggled with. You know what really works for us? Affiliates and SEO. So we're like, you know what? We, we basically peg um, marketing budget to revenue. It's a percentage of revenue is the way we do it. So it can scale or scale down if it needs to be. Um, I'm like, why are we spending this much of our budget on ads when the ROI is clearly not there and I can quantify the ROI of SEO? So we basically took the budget from Facebook ads, shifted it to spending more on SEO um, and affiliates. And and lo and behold, we're growing. <laughs> you know, So it's just such a straightforward thing, but it takes time to get to that place of knowing when to double down. But I think far too many people try to double down too soon uh, without actually being able to like prove it. They're like, oh, Facebook ads. Based on what? Because you saw that, <laughs> you know, and it's like, okay, but what's your sample size? Just because it works for that company doesn't mean it's going to work for your company and vice versa, right? Um, uh, that's like when people crap on Facebook ads. I'm like, but again, same problem. You don't know. Just because it didn't work for you doesn't mean it won't work for me. I don't know that. I need to actually find out. Um, so that book is one, it's just a super quick read, but it actually puts things into a framework through which you can operate through. I'm going to buy it right now. As yeah, it's really here. good. As I type away, the book is called Traction. Traction. By Gino Wickman. But see, too many people get stuck in that phase of, well, the site's just not right yet. The site will never be that. right. I can tell you that for a fact. Right. I mean, listen, Aura is technically still in beta. You pull in the Gmail, huh? <laughs> I'm serious though. Not like, oh, it's forever in beta. Like, no, it's not a marketing thing. It's the version is literally 0.9. It's mm-hmm. not one yet. And that's not like a, a marketing thing. That's just reality. It grew faster than we anticipated. And it's because of the frameworks that we deployed. Right. So it just, but it proves that it doesn't have to be full production for people to love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I keep telling people like, hey, we're not done yet, by the way. And they're like, oh, Okay, <laughs> but like you can leave it the way it is, and it's fine. Yeah, I've had you know, I I know I know mine is not done. Like there are there are components I want to add in, mostly things that would cost additional money to make happen. So I've put I, I put those at the end on purpose, right? Because I'm I want to do as many things as I can for as little money. And a lot of people have said site looks great. Like they don't they don't feel like anything's missing, right? So it's 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 obviously very subjective. How so here's complete my thing. a thing is there? So I went through – so I'm a customer technically, right? So I was able to give you my money and you were able, able to give me a product without me having any problems. Yeah. And I did it live while doing a podcast with you. It's ready. <laughs> like, like could it be further optimized and tweaked always and forever? But what's most important and, and this is I, I think been a big driver for me is – What's your velocity to $1, right? Like what's the velocity of getting people to pay you? And I know you've already had that, right? Obviously I did too, but like, but it's how do we get to a point of 
I don't know, set a benchmark. How do we do $1,000 a month in sales consistently today? Like how do we start that now without me changing anything? You're kind of shifting. You're shifting the requirements of like, oh, well, I don't think the site can do that. You don't know that. You haven't really tested that. Have you really thrown that much traffic at it to be able to say it can or can't? Because you might find, shit, we're doing five grand a month in sales right now. No problems. Yeah. I've right. already, I have already crossed the $1,000 in sales mark. Yes, so. dude. Congrats. I love that. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's, I, 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 I temper it because my mom taught me to be humble, but I temper it with the <laughs> fact that I know like all but like two or three people that have ordered. And those yeah. people are just like second degree connections. Like there's one, you know, I, I sure. we, you know, we had mentioned a few weeks ago the like the total stranger goal. Yes. That's such a big deal. Right. So I, I, I did finally get that to happen for real this time. Nice. Like as somebody okay. just totally out of, left field it was from a facebook ad which i was arguably not performing very well but somebody did click on it (laughs) and somebody did buy a thing so you know it did it did work once right nice um so i did i did meet my my thousand dollar threshold i did meet my first stranger threshold right so it's 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 definitely working and nobody has said i don't know i don't know what to do i don't know how to check out i don't know i don't know where to find the thing i don't know like none of that has ever come up people are just buying it. Right. So that's, that tells me like, I know, I know in my, in my heart of hearts, I know it's good enough. Right. It'll never be an engineer. (laughs) Right. So (laughs) it'll never be done. It's good enough, but it'll never be done. And in my head, those are always going to be distinctions and there are always going to be things that I'm going to want to do. Going to want to tweak, going to want to add, going to want to remove. Like that's just the nature of me. That's how it's always going to be. And that's going to be an internal struggle that I always have. But as it stands today, it could very well stand on its own. Maybe it could, you know, use some better copy here and there or different images here and there. Those are all tweaks. Those are all adjustments. Those it's are adding stuff that's missing. One percent tweaks. Right. And I think that's where people are like, oh, but I tweaked this and it increased it by like, you know, point zero two percent. I'm like, yeah, that's technically better, but like honestly, what's the impact of that? Because if you're doing a million a month in sales, I would say that's a large impact. But when you're getting started, I'm like, dude, who cares? <laughs> like, Do the 20%, the 30, the 40, the 50% increases. That's what actually has a massive impact based on the sample size of sales you have, right? So I, yeah, to your point, 80% should be good. 80% is enough in my opinion. And it's a weird thing to get to. Um, but you do, you have to get to the point where you're like, it works. People aren't complaining. They're paying us money. Awesome. Let's triple down right now. And and sometimes, yeah, you're going to go, you know, recode some stuff. You're going to rehash some stuff. And other times it's like, let's just focus on sales right now. Nothing's broken. Everything's working. And even if people are complaining about little things, you're like, yeah, but to be honest, can you still pay me? Can I still give you coffee? Yes. <laughs> you're fine. You know what I mean? Like some things are just not worth it. It's like, yeah, technically I should do that. But to be honest, I'm running a business here and I'd rather focus on sales right now because that's not hurting sales. Um, but it's going to divert my focus from getting sales to do that thing. And to be honest, that's not a good use of your time because now it's an opportunity cost. Um, so I think you're at a point where it makes sense to start kind of shifting gears, man. Yeah. Got to become so a marketer now. <laughs> yeah. So as far as coming back to the, um, the advertising marketing hurdles that now are in front of me, one thing, one thing I picked up on in my my trials and tribulations and experiments is that um you know i went i went too deep on ads that were set like the metric of success was a, a full conversion like a full purchase 
right? Okay. Instead of, because at at the time I didn't quite have a good understanding of cold versus warm audiences, right? Okay, sure. So I'm just thinking everyone's all the same. I want, you know, (laughs) the goal is, the goal is buy thing from me, please. Sure. So I was setting everything up based on that. Right. But I didn't have, I didn't have an existing audience to try and convince to, to do that thing. Right. So my, you know, my, uh, my acquisition cost was through the roof because so few people were actually making it to the checkout process because so few people were clicking on the thing because so few people had no incentive to click on. Like it, it, it compounded and cascaded so very quickly that it ended up just being a way to light money on fire. So when I started wrapping my head around the, the idea of creating a warm audience first through less aggressive, through less committal means you know just getting traffic to the site for example right now i can now i automatically have an audience for retargeting and things like that and i didn't i didn't realize it at first but it made it makes a lot of sense now like a lot of the competitors that i've seen and you know done research from and and stolen things from because we all do those are when i look at all of the coffee ads i see those are the only ones i see that are performing well all of the ones that aren't performing at all, at least appearances through, you know, shares, likes, comments, et cetera, right? The, 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 the engagement uh, things, the ones I've never heard of don't have any engagement on them at all. Like there's a very, it's a very black and white thing. Like no one I've ever heard of, no engagement. Think brands I've either been to their site or seen an email or ordered a thing before, tons of engagement. So that tells me, they're they're focusing on their warm audiences at, like with the actual offers themselves more than just throwing out a 20% coupon to the general world and seeing who bites right which makes a lot of sense in sense in hindsight but of course that didn't occur to me in the first place i just thought <laughs> of course not if i just threw out a discount someone's going to buy a thing but um and then i didn't even realize that this was a thing but um you know it, it, to get a little specific on facebook for a moment they they have an audience cross section of people who are likely to buy things from Facebook ads just in general. So once you do have that that warm audience, that fresh audience, you can you can slice it up even more and pick out just the people that are likely to buy a thing off of an ad. Right? They're not likely to buy from you. They're just likely to click on that thing you're about to put. In but you're increasing them. the probability. At exactly. the lower level. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Like so so there's there were so many ways to slice it up that I hadn't thought about because I was jumping right straight to the last step. Right. And there there was so much more before that that I hadn't even thought about. One retargeting is typically cheaper for sales, right? Cold traffic, if you're getting that, but not, the conversion is not a purchase or a sign up, is now also cheaper. So the way you do it is a it's a two-stage funnel. So you go um, cold traffic, look at like audience. If, if your audience is big enough, obviously and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, so cold traffic to a blog post or some kind of value add thing. And then what you're doing is you're creating a retargeting campaign for the people who stayed on your site X number of minutes or just hit it. Right. Cause think about it. If they're willing to click on your blog post about coffee, they're probably a good fit. So great. So we filter those people out. We're saving a ton of money. And then we retarget them specifically, which is now way cheaper because it's very specific for the actual conversion, which may now be a 20% coupon. Now that kind of makes sense because they've seen your brand like, oh, yeah, I have seen that. You know, I I was kind of considering trying 
that actually might be be enough to push me over. Um, so it's a little bit more strategic than sale. <laughs> like at the moment you see me, I get a sale. It's like that's not going to happen most of the time. Um, so you have to have this two stage funnel. Now the cool thing though is over time, if your pixel is set up correctly, Facebook now knows people who have purchased from you, and you can feed that list back into your ads. For for a lookalike audience, so that you have this full you know loop of the their algorithm can get a little bit more precise and better because you're feeding back like it's like machine learning right like there's always the reward function right so you're basically feeding that reward function back over like hey this person paid me <laughs> like get me more of those people They're like all right sounds good we'll try to figure that out yeah I haven't I haven't done that yet because most of the people that have purchased for me have purchased for me because I told them you know these the friends or colleagues it's people that I've told like I'm you know correct. I've started this thing come check it out and they're buying it because they you know they want to support me and they want to check it out correct it'll be it'll be the ones in that group that buy again if I, that I didn't have to ask to buy again those are the ones that I would want to make sure I, I funnel into that lookalike audience because now they're buying it out of their own volition and not because I told them to. But, <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, no, that I take sense. your point. You're, you're like the the point there is still valid in that like if, you know, uh, last night I was working on a a much less specific, much less aggressive uh campaign just just a couple of a couple of ads that, you know, it, w- it wasn't anything too fancy and the the goal was just to get traffic. Just people to click on it and show up at the other end, right? That was all I wanted Facebook to do for me. And I kind of sliced it up in and an, another thing that I had hadn't really thought about is not just competing in like, let's say if I pick just, um, I don't, I don't know if this is an actual interest, but if, if Facebook had an interest that was people who grind their own coffee, like let's, let's pretend that's an audience for that that specific niche. Like instead of picking just that audience, picking that audience and people that work from home. Or people who are maybe in the tech sector, like trying to find other somewhat relevant audience or somewhat related audiences rather, where you're also likely to find people that care about, you know, the quality of their coffee, where they get their coffee from, right? It, it, because if I just pick just coffee drinkers, right, I'm going to get a lot of the Starbucks, the Pete's, just like the, the, the generic people that like, I would have a hell of a time trying to convert, right? Because they're entirely content buying their six dollar. Yeah, and they're they're mocha typically price sensitive in a different kind of way, right? Which is funny because you know they'll go to Starbucks and spend five dollars a cup. That's why but, I said you know, in a different kind <laughs> a, of way. Right. It's they're they're not going to be able to do that math right there in front of me in that like as they're staring at that ad or not, right? So I want to try and find in this hypothetical scenario other types of people who may already do the kinds of things that I would fit neatly into, but not describing myself specifically. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. hundred percent. So that was like, that was a whole new mind blowing thing that (laughs) appeared to me that I had, I had stumbled across some, some YouTube video about it. And I was like, wow, I never thought about that. But like that, I think that proves a point that this is, this is a whole new thing I've never had to think about because I've never, I've never been a marketer, right? And ultimately, I don't want to be a quote marketer, but but you have to market at, your, at some point. I'm gonna, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I don't ultimately know where I was going with this story, but to to I think kind of kind of tie it off. 
the if there's only one thing I could take away from all this is that it's super easy to want to just go straight to the end. I want sales. I want people to buy the thing for me. And you know what? They're not going to buy it from you. Like there's no how is it described? There's you you don't have any any kind of clout, any any way of convincing them. Like if they Yeah, you haven't earned it yet. Right. Like how many times do you you know, if if you've driven or walked by a billboard and you and you looked at it, right? Like I would I would argue more often than not it's a brand that you've already recognized in some way, right? Like it's not just, you know, Joe's mechanic shop up there because billboards are pricey. It's like Chase Bank or some kind of like home builder or like some other thing that you've already recognized elsewhere because all they're doing is kind of just seeding that, you know, in the back of your mind a little bit, kind of creating a little bit of brand recognition and re-recognition. And when you're taking your audience from cold to warm, you have to do that first. You have to kind of start planting the seeds a little bit because they're never... Well, practically never. I had one person, probably an an anomaly, but they're never going to just immediately order from somebody they don't know, right? No. I mean, imagine imagine convincing somebody to try a new repricing tool when they know that in in the past, a repricing company, a different one, has taken everybody's price to a penny. Yeah. Like, that's a very sensitive thing to do. So when, when we started... Um, or actually before we even started developing Aura, I knew that we needed people to trust us, not the company. So I had no clout. I had no following in the Amazon space, obviously. Uh, I was just a seller and in college. And so I was like, okay, well, how do I how do I get people to trust me? Well, I can give them a crap ton of value to where they're like, yeah, dude, you've given me a hundred times more value than you're asking of me to try your tool for free. I'll, I'll try it. And so when we launched, we had 25 people within the first 30 minutes jump on and start paying us. Um, and it's because I, I had built that over the course of like two years strategically. Right. And I, I knew that people would trust me and James that if something did go wrong, we would do the right thing. Um, and now over time, because we've built that clout, I guess we, we, we could call it. Um, it's now funny enough, been transitioned to the brand of the company. Right, because really the brand of the company is the aggregate brand of all the people that are behind the company, in my opinion. So if all the people behind the company have a similar mindset and belief system and blah, 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 that gets transferred to the brand. But that takes time, right? Like, of like, course. You know, when, when, you, when you have a logo, that's not a brand, right? Because you're like, I, I can't tell you what you stand for. I don't know what your return policies are. I don't know any of these things. But they can know something about you. Um, or you, you want to build that, right? So a lot of people do want to kind of not have their personal self tied to the brand early on, which I totally understand, um, which means it's just slightly harder. Um, but yeah, we, we had to do that, right? Like, cause I knew that we were going to launch two crickets if we're just like, Hey, we're a new repricing company, like two other ones literally launched the month we did. And both of them have been shut down with like <laughs> over the past like two years <laughs> because they, they launched to nobody. Or they thought they thought they had enough clout that they could just press press the go button and then people would just sign up and love it, and people didn't, and people were like, why should I trust you? And they they didn't have a real real enough answer. But when people asked me, I go look at what people are saying about me, look at what people are saying about the company, and they're like, 
Fair enough. I'll jump in. Like we, we, I was talking to a user yesterday and I was like, tell me, describe to me the face of the person who, who runs this other competitor. She's like, I don't even know their name. I was like, right. But I'm the founder and I'm on the phone with you. <laughs> like that's that like that's the difference. And it's those intangible things that actually do add value or at least perceived value where people are like, you know what? I'm willing to pay you a bit more because of this kind of a thing than go the cheap route and know that, yeah, it's cheaper, but nobody's really going to support me. Nobody's going to take care of me if something goes wrong. I'd rather pay a little bit more to be taken care of. So that's that's been, I think, one of the, the biggest revelations in all this is that there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of, I guess, how how could you say, like administrative effort that has to go into building up a reputation that will convince somebody that you're worth their time, right? Especially, especially in the space that I'm trying to break into here, where everybody already has their favorites, or most people have their favorites, you know. And there are a lot of people that'll drink just about anything, but do I do I want that? audience you know that's a rhetorical question like do i want the 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 person that you know is just picking whatever they can off the shelf and they happen to pick me that one month but nope you know, LTV too low. <laughs> exactly right like I've, I've spent all the money on that on that that first purchase and then they never come back again right like is that is that worth my effort maybe maybe not like it depends on if i if i'm good enough at convincing them this is the thing that they need to do from here on out which is a that's a pretty large hurdle to get over especially for those who are particular about their coffee. So um, it's it, it's going to be an interesting challenge, I think. And, and one thing I haven't thought enough about, I feel like I need to, is the like the word of mouth system, like the 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 overall the, the metaphorical system that is, you know, telling your friends, right? Like there's there have been a, at least a handful of of people that I know, like first degree connections who have ordered and then had like their family or friends also order. Right. And then they used the little referral code thing and then they've got $5 and blah, blah, blah. Like, I know there's a lot there. I just haven't touched it yet. And it's like, I, I need to, because that's what, you know, like if, if, if I just came to you, Dylan and said, Hey, you like, you really need to check this out. Right. Like you would go check it out. Right. Like you tell me, you know, go check out this book. Like I just bought a book here on, right, right on right. the show, right? <laughs> like that's, you know, there's there's a lot of inherent trust in that friend relationship that is almost impossible to to build through the 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 animosity filled advertising ecosystem. We have been fortunate enough to have a lot of word of mouth. Like a lot of times when we ask people, like, how did you hear about us? It was like, oh, through another like selling friend um, or this Facebook group. The, a lot of people try to turn that into a structured thing. I don't think you necessarily can because it comes down to delight, in my opinion. People talk about things that delight them, that bring them joy, that are that are like really astounding, like things that surprise them, right? Us having decent customer support, nobody's going to talk about that. That's expected. But when somebody goes, hey, um, there's a hurricane near my place, um, I'm thinking I might have to pause my account because I just – you know we're – we, there's a lot going on right now and we might get hit and we come back. Hey, don't worry about it. We're going to leave your account on. Um, you know, we're going to give you two months for free. Um, just so it's, it's one less thing you have to worry about right now. Cause you got a lot going on, but we understand you still run a business. They didn't expect that. And it didn't really cost us that much in, in reality, but they go, damn dude, like, thank you. Like I, 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 I was not even asking for that. I was actually just trying to pause my account, but like you guys took care of me and did me one better. 
now anytime somebody in a Facebook group goes, what do you guys think about this Aura company? They go, awesome. The people behind this care about you and will do whatever is necessary to make it work. Oh, well, that's different than, oh, yeah, they, they're pretty fast with the repricing. Completely different. At that point, they, they at no point describe the feature set. Feature is irrelevant in that situation. And that takes time and it takes being insightful enough to be like, oh, this is what's going on. It got you covered here. You know, it's, it's taking that it's, – it's giving people the wow moments that they were, will now talk about because it was so unexpected that when somebody's like, yeah, I'm looking for a new coffee company. And they go, oh, dude, here's the one you got to use and like here's why. When they can give you a here's why. Now it's real word of mouth. When they go, oh, you should try this company. <laughs> Why? <laughs> like, did you like it? Did you not like it? Or are you just throwing out a list of companies I should try? But if it's like, no, their coffee's great, but more importantly, they took care of me in this way. Or I didn't expect this, but they actually did that, and that was really cool. Um, when you can give the intangible reasons to people to then convey to other people, that's different, dude. And, and what's funny is you don't have to do it every single time and it doesn't cost you that much money, right? Like, I mean, that that one example I gave, you know, we charge $97 per month. So technically, you know, that's, that costs us, you know, right around 200 bucks. Um, am I willing to do that? Yep, because she's going to go tell 10 people to sign up over the next like three months. And so that ROI, pretty good. Didn't cost us really anything to be honest and really the only true cost is the server on on her account her account's not that massive so really it didn't cost us that much outside of opportunity um and in my opinion it was still a positive roi speaking of customer service i got my first this i got a new first uh yesterday as well um i had uh i i I, i've been toying with a live chat feature on the site just to see if it's like a flow that I can works, I can yeah. work into like my life, you know. Sure, sure. Turns out that's not the case. So I, I pulled that, <laughs> but before I did, I had somebody uh, hop on and say, oh, "I don't think I st- I have it anymore." But um, they said, "You know, I ordered the wrong kind. I ordered ground. I wanted K cups. We don't offer K cups." <laughs> I know. I was like, "Do I mention that anywhere?" Like that's immediately what I started thinking. Like, "Oh crap, do I?" Do I say something about, am I not clear enough? Sure. That's not a thing. Or no, they said pods. They didn't say K-Cups originally. They just said pods, right? Which could mean, you know, okay. K-Cup, Keurig, sure. Nespresso, like any of those, right? Right. Like, are you looking for coffee that'll fit in your like reusable pods? Because that's a thing a lot of people do. Or yep. are you actually looking for single use K-Cups? And they said K-Cups. I'm like, okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm like i'm like i'm I'm doing the google search where you can search your own site for any keywords right <laughs> yeah nothing so i'm like all right i know i don't say anything like that like i know that's a very clear thing so i'd mentioned that you know we don't sell k-cups right we don't we don't advertise it like that's never never a thing yeah, we've pissed. done but if you can't make the ground coffee work with your existing system i'm happy to refund you right just because like i don't i don't want to send them back like i don't fine it, right? Get yeah 15 dollars whatever you know, if my, my return rate is one in like 60, like fucking sweet, right? Like I think yeah. I've won just on that alone. Um, <laughs> exactly. And sorry, I had a notification I needed to make go away. Um, and, and so it's like, all right, because they had hopped into the chat without like being logged in or anything, I didn't have any, anything to reference them through. So, you know, I asked them, all right, I need a, I need an order number. I need a name and a zip code. And they, they gave me the name and a zip code. But they're like, I don't know what my order number is. And I'm like, 
Hmm. I send the email. <laughs> I send you like four emails, friend. I'm right. pretty sure it's in there. So I was like, okay. I was like, it's in the it's in the order confirmation. It's in the uh, delivery confirmation. It's in the yep. you know the, the the tracking email. And they're like, okay, I'll go. I'll go look for it. Never came back at all. Just never, never heard from again. So then I'm started thinking. This this seemed really suspicious from the start, just because yeah. like there was you, it you didn't know when up. you're when you're talking to somebody and it just feels like there's something off about it, right? So mm-hmm. like I'm started I started googling and I'm like, hmm, does this person actually exist in my orders? Right. No, not at all. Which should have like that should have come up a lot sooner because like I know just about everybody that's ordered for me except for like three or four people and those are like second degree connections from people that ordered for me, right? Right. So I'm like, all right, well, that person's definitely not in there at all. And then I started, I started looking, <laughs> and it's convenient that if you plug in that name and that zip code, that just happens to show up like on some like a publicly available website somewhere. And I'm like, hmm, that was awfully specific. Can you send mm. that refund via Visa <laughs> gift card, please? <laughs> I knew once I asked for the order number, I was never going to hear from them again. Like they just, you'll get a few of those. Yeah, we, and it, had it was it amazing because it's like when it first showed up, I was like, oh crap something's wrong like i'd like I, it was like my <laughs> like my first return slash refund yeah that always that it's always feels the worst right when oh, the first person that somebody you wants first, money like back? charge back and you're like i did nothing wrong <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and so. they're like no it's fine i just didn't want to like contact you i'm like i would have preferred you to contact me <laughs> like yes. i could have just issued it today <laughs> like if there's a problem like why go through this whole banking process like one it's gonna take you forever to get the money and like you're saying fraud and that's not correct <laughs> like what in the world and so it's like and then i'm i'm like well i know i haven't shipped to anyone in missouri because i get every email from every order right. it's like Mm, yeah they were gonna try they were either gonna get free product out of me or a refund through some non-traditional means the old social engineering huh yeah i it wasn't it wasn't a very they didn't put in a ton of effort and i think part of it is because like my goal is to make that kind of exchange super frictionless like i don't you know it comes back to the customer service part of this like if you don't like it i under i understand you everyone's gonna have an opinion about their their coffee if you don't like it i don't i don't want you to have to pay for it it's honestly, it's cheaper for you to just refund it and move on. I, I had this argument with somebody on on a. Actually, I was speaking at an online conference and we did Q and A, and this guy's like, "I never do that." Blah blah blah. I'm like, and that's why your business is going to stay small because you're literally taking an adversarial approach to your customers. He's like, they're just trying to screw you over. I was like, dude, honestly, that's a really negative way to view the world. Most people are not out there to try and screw you. I'm sorry. That's just not the approach I take. And it's way cheaper for you to just be like, yep, nope, here you go. Move on. Yeah. Like, goodness, man. Um, And guess what? They'll still go talk about you in a positive way. Yeah. Well, not this person because they were just trying to. This person, this person was trying to, just trying to to screw you. $15 out of me, which is, which is hilarious. Like, (laughs) I I think you've spent more time than this is worth, but that's what I'm saying, dude. Um, but, but you'll learn as you get deeper into customer success. Cause obviously like that's where I spend the majority of my time, um, or have been now it's a lot more like operational, but, um, internal tooling and making that process easy is super, super important. So we use like a retool, uh, we use a uh, retool.com. Yeah. I think they got re.com now. Um, and we build just internal tools that just makes it easier for us to find information with little information. Um, uh, because a lot of times you having to ask for four pieces of information, a user's like, I'm done. I'm over it already. And it's like the threshold is so low that you have to be like, what's your email? <laughs> what did you order? Great. And then I will have to go and deduce what that was and figure it out myself. Um, 
But we've also had weird ones where somebody's like, hey, can you cancel my account? Here's my email. And they're not logged in. And I'm like, I need you to log in. I need to know it's you. And they're like, no, just cancel it. I'm like, no, I need to verify that it's you. Because you could just give me a user's email that you know happens to use us, and it could be your competition, and we cancel their account. That's not appropriate. So I go, I just sent you a code in your account. Log in and tell me what that code is, and they couldn't. I'm like, you can be mad all day long, but I know what's going on here. <laughs> or have people be like, um, if I give you a seller ID, can you tell me if they use Aura? No. As an absolute breach of privacy. And they didn't mean that in like a, hey, can you hack the system kind of a way? They're just like, hey, could you, could you just tell me that? But they're not factoring in the fact that, well, what if that competition asked me to do the same for you? Would you be okay with me with me telling them that? And they're like, heck no. I'm like, then what's the difference? And so there's the you get these weird edge cases where you're just like, oh, that's so not okay. <laughs> like, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but it actually is. Um, and so speed matters there. Um Setting expectations certainly matters there. Um, it, it's amazing the amount of internal tooling you need to really have an efficient and effective customer success team. Even just with one person, you doing it by yourself. I'm telling, I'm like, if you have the right systems in place, it's not difficult. I mean, all this stuff I've always you know talked about, right? Is like saved responses and stuff like that. Um, that's one of the reasons why I love using Intercom. So you can use save responses, but they have variables that you can place inside that. So if I want to reference the person's name to make it feel more personalized, I can do that. If they're like, hey, what is my current plan? I can have a chat bot that responds to them with their current plan, and it's correct, right? And I, don't, I didn't have to recreate that work every single time. Um, so it allows you to scale very quickly um, without customer success getting too expensive because it can. Um, if you don't watch it right, especially once you bring on somebody to do that full time for you, you really want that system to be like on point because you're so used to doing that thing that when a beginner comes in, they're not nearly going to be at your speed. Um, and now your customer success costs just went through the roof and your performance went really, really down. Um, so you're trying to like maintain balance there. So it's, it's a, it's a whole different ball game, man. It's like customer success and marketing, dude, they're so different. I find I find that's that's one thing that not enough Amazon sellers spend enough time thinking about because they don't care. Uh, either they don't I hate, care. I hate to be that way. They but don't, it's, they it's just, so true. They don't have that train of thought, that way of thinking. I think I see I see a lot of a lot of conversations in Facebook groups, and to the individual's credit, like I I can imagine, you know, this is not something that they've dealt in a lot before. So I so I get you know the frustration and the confusion and things like that, but. You know, there will always be people who are entirely flexible with anything you tell them. There will be people who will hate everything you say. And there will be a ton of people that fall somewhere in the middle. Like, this, this is just the way it is in life. And if you're selling a thing to uh, an audience, whatever that is, like, this is this is going to be part of this is part of the business, right? It like, is, man. <laughs> there will be people who will buy your thing and say they never received it. And you know, damn well they did. But like, what, what, what are your options? Are you going to fight them on it and right. create that's, this that's my weird point. funk? Are you going to just, just deal with it? Like if you're selling, if you're selling $300 things, you need to factor in a percentage of those disappearing. Like it's called shrinkage. It, yep. it's, it <laughs> Fun is fact that exists and has existed for a long period of time. <laughs> right. Every, literally every business everywhere has that. And it's, it's just a part of the equation. And 
I, I understand the, the, the shock and disappointment and surprise and all of the other emotions that come in when, you know, your first high value thing, quote, goes missing, whatever that means. Like, I, I get it. It, it. it sucks because you spent a ton of money on that or hopefully you didn't spend too much money on it. But, you know, you spent money on it and now that's just kind of out the window. But welcome to welcome to business, as we say. And, you know, it's something you got to account for. So, like, in my, you know, in my case here, you know, I, I learned two things. One, um, live chat is a terrible idea. Because <laughs> if you're not ready for it. I love live chat, to be honest. So I am I. I can handle it as long as it's asynchronous. Like and if it's see, like live chat know, is not asynchronous. Like you know, so there's there's a difference between sending an email, correct, and in, into a void and waiting for something to come back. And like intercom, for example, where you can punch in some things in the widget and it'll either come back to you in an email or to come back to you on the site in a later date, things yeah. like that, right? Like sure for for a tool like Aura where you probably spend a not insignificant amount of time in it that is a decent way to send that asynchronous message back in because the next time you're in there, it's going to go bloop and there it is. It just sure. appears. Um, it, in my case, it was truly live. Well, I mean, it was as live as intercom can be in that if there's somebody online immediately to chat with, then it's, you know, it's live back and forth. But then if it's not, then it's also not. But the way, the way it was set up, uh, it was through uh, Shopify ping, which is like their in-house like live chat tool thing. It um it it's either on or off, and by off it oh. just goes to an email. No, no, no. Yeah, that that's wrong. <laughs> I had it. I had it on so that when the when the quote customer, the the the, the fake customer, um, stopped by, it made it look like I was actually there when I wasn't. Which is like setting it a just, false it expectation. Kind of chimed on my sure. phone, and I opened the app, and I was staring at it. And like, you know, I was, I was about to do something about it, but like, hello, is anybody there? You know, it's like, it, it set the wrong precedent, right? So, so the expectation, so customer success is all about managing expectations and setting the correct ones, right? So a lot of people are like, oh, you guys don't have 24 seven support. I'm upset about that. I'm like, correct. We do not. These are, this is when you can expect a response. And, and what's funny is although people are like, well, what if I need weekend support? I'm like, we will get to it Monday. Nine times out of 10, they'd never have a problem. And they're like, oh yeah, I'll just, I just wait till Monday. It's not that big of a deal, right? But it's because we set the, the proper expectations. So one thing that, again, I do like about Intercom is you can treat it asynchronously if you want to. You just, within the pop-up, it will say, you know, typical response time. And then you can have that be variable like we do. Because I want I want our uh, our success reps to know like, hey, if you're going to get lazy with it, and be, be laggy about it, that's going to show to the users. And that's a negative feedback because now they know we're slower than we were previously. Um, so we show our real time, like here's what it is calculated all day or a day. Um, or you could just say within 24 or 48 hours, right? So you can still do it that way. Um, I like the interface there. Um, I'm surprised. Can you just put intercom on the site without having to go through Shopify ping? Yeah, no, you can you can definitely whether it's Intercom or Help Scout or Zendesk or any of those tools, okay. right? You can okay. add those in by themselves just directly into the Shopify theme, Perfect. and that's what I ended up doing with Help Scout. Like I have Help Scout for for the email inbox. Um, I hadn't, you know, I didn't do the widget, but you know, this this had me thinking like there's nothing about what I sell or what I do that realistically warrants an immediate reply, like unless yeah. Like there's, um, there's, there's the small section of people who maybe 
made a mistake with their order. Yeah. But there's also only a small window of time during the day when there's a small window of time to do something about it. Right. And that's like between like 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. Right. So our support structure is going to be vastly different than yours because we're having as humans to look at strategy settings and tell you here's why it didn't do what you thought it was going to do. Right. So there's a lot of like deduction we have to do ourselves. Um, But for you, the way I would personally approach it is a lot of documentation, a lot of FAQs, right? So it's, it's going to be mainly self-service. But two, chatbots, although a lot of people do hate on them, um, in your situation, they're actually very useful, assuming you don't present it as a human. That's when people get really pissed off. It has to say chatbot. <laughs> like people need to know that. Um, and then you just – if you build it intelligently – Self-service is not a problem. And, and to be frank, we're testing that right now this month where we're using Intercom's resolution bot. And so it will – it basically just uses ML models. You train on different questions and create canned responses. And you know it's handling like 33% of, of our support tickets right now just automatically for us. So like we you can augment, right? So even we can do that. But I think you bucketing like – you know, have a running list and we log all of our support questions. And then eventually like I classify them. So I would say, okay, this is a question about this feature. You know, what's the 80, 20 here. Right. And then I can write a automatic response that is for a question we get, you know, three times a day. Now as a human, I don't have to answer that same thing. And you get the answer regardless if it's 2 AM or, you know, during business hours. So I think you could build that out and it would be very, very scalable in my opinion. Um, it would still feel like live support. But you could approach it in a scalable way to where it doesn't necessarily have to be human life support. Yeah, no, there's there's definitely definitely room to make it a a, uh, a hands hands off system like self service system. There are a lot of tools that can make like returns automated and things like that. Like if you want to create a return or whatever, but because I'm doing just refunds, like those all of those flows just go out the window because all of those are more built around physical product that you're sending back where it's auto generating a label and doing all of that. Very few of them are built around just doing just explicit refunds, right? Makes and especially okay. in these early days where, you know, like I, you know, if somebody does actually want their money back, I would like to see what I can learn from this, right? There's it, it's a lot harder to learn from something when it's all done automated. <laughs> exactly. And like asking them after the fact for their feedback is not going to happen. Sure. And you don't even know how to appropriately like process that, right? So like I've always said automation is important, but the time of which you deploy that is more important because you need to be able to take all the learnings from the sample size you had to do manually to then parlay that over into an effective system that's now efficient right otherwise you're just efficiently ineffective and like who really cares i'm not impressed now yeah so for now i can i can do them manually because this gives me the opportunity to see like what you know what people are actually bothered by and like is yeah. it is or it how to save who, it right right is, are they yeah exactly are they people who you know bought the the whole bean thing but decided they don't want to grind it themselves and they would rather have you know, one of the pre-ground options. All right, I'll just send you a bag of the pre-ground. And from now on, just remember to order that. You know, like there are a lot <laughs> right. of ways to, to quote, save it without, you know. But and, until I've worked out all of those potential flows and like what are going to be the most common and how to handle those, setting up bots and other auto, all these automated, automated things, which I'm just going to be spending money on stuff that's not you actually going to provide a ton of value. So You're essentially building technical debt, in my opinion. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm entirely fine doing it by hand as long as I'm setting the correct expectation that it's not going to be done live. Like, it happening live was the biggest, that was like the, the thing that I, I, I realized I didn't want to do the most. Because if I'm sitting in like an actual daytime meeting 
and somebody's like, hello, hello, I need my money back, please. I'm like, no, you can wait. Yeah. It's fine. And then they're like, your, your customer success sucks. And you're like, it actually doesn't. We just set a false expectations this one time and like, sorry. Exactly. So um, in this case, they don't care. Help Scout will give me a little push notification that there's a new conversation instead. You know, and I just go in and reply to it like, you know, like more intercom style. Right. Yeah. And that's that. And it's fine. So nice. And honestly, even doing that with because so that's what I did when we got started, because I had no idea what the hell I was doing Two, we started to pick up. I was like, OK, well, I can't automate this yet because I still need a larger sample size. That's when I started to, you know, categorize and group different questions and then realize, OK, well, 70 percent of the questions are this question and I answer it the exact same way. So I'm just going to create a saved response that answers this very intelligently. That way, even if I am in a meeting, you know, at, at my day job, I can fire off that saved response because I don't have to type. I don't have to type out the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Oh, dude, that was awesome! Like, appreciate it." I'm like, yeah, sounds good. And if you write it correctly, it still feels and sounds personalized. It's not. They're not like, "Oh, that was a template." They're like, "No, appreciate it. Move on." <laughs> you know, so so you can do that. I was um, looking at. I I I, I still really want to do like we we had talked about. Um, uh, direct mail, like local direct oh, mail, yeah, yeah. some episodes ago with with yeah. Stephen Pope, and it's always been something in the back of my mind. I was doing the the math on how much it would cost me to run this. Okay, and it's cheaper than Facebook. Really? Yeah. So the postage. I wonder how by, effective it is, though. So some research I've done has said anywhere from three to nine percent. Okay, depending on what the action it's is, like higher than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. So the the postage, so I picked, so I'm at, yeah, eddm.usps.com. There's a whole calculator you can do. You don't have to sign up or anything. You can pick your mail routes on a map. So I punched into my zip code, and then, like, it highlights all of the different mail routes in my zip code. And so I'm clicking on a few. And in this case, 2,160 addresses. The postage is only $372, which is about 17.5 cents. I would test that. Yeah, I would, again, traction, right? Like, test it. Because you might be like, um, Facebook ads suck, but this direct mail thing, which is an old school thing, works really well. Right. And it's and and it was always, you know, for those who didn't hear the original episode, this was always a like a local brand recognition type exercise, right? It was never convert the entire city of Kenmore to buy, <laughs> you know, local coffee. Well, I mean, right. that would be an ideal scenario, but <laughs> exactly. it's, you know, hey, we are the only coffee company here in the city. Come check us out. You know, let us know what you think. You know, not like not nothing like super committal, like you need to do this now, brah. But, <laughs> you know, like, hey, like, you know, we got this cool thing going here. Like, we're the only one, you know, if you've ever wanted something like actually local and not, you know, trucked in from somewhere else, just, you know, at your Starbucks or your other cafe shop that's secretly at Seattle chain, you know, <laughs> you know, come check us out. Like, you know, and it's, you know, I haven't I haven't found the pricing on um, printing the cards yet. I mean, there's there's so okay. much about that that it's just so variable but like the postage itself sure. is only a handful of hundreds of dollars like i look at that as you know th- as far as comparing costs like the postage and the cost of a facebook ad i feel like that's like a direct comparison between the two because like you could just as well pay somebody to make a facebook ad for you you still have to pay for the traffic after the fact so in Correct. this case i'm paying for the potential to get in front of two thousand people for 18 cents a piece right like whether any of those people do anything, that's one, you know, that's, that's to be determined, but please try to find me a Facebook audience where I can get in front of 2000 people for 18 cents a piece 
and like actually have them look at it because you have to look at it, throw it away, right? So right. <laughs> you know, there's that, gotcha. <laughs> guaranteed to act at least see it for a moment. So you know, that's that's not you know, in my opinion, that's not terrible. So it's something I I want to toy yeah, with. Yeah, keep, keep us posted on that because I'm I'm curious to see how that plays out actually. And I I think this kind of marketing is super like. One one thing it lets me do here, if I remove my radius for a second, it lets me see, I change it to two miles and it zoomed out to the entire country. That's dumb. There it goes. So it lets me, as I'm hovering over each of the mail routes, it lets me see like the uh, the age range in that mail route based on okay. what they know, the average size per household. Thanks, the, census. <laughs> That's basically what that is. You're welcome, right? Yeah. The um, The average yearly income. Oh, nice. Okay. So if I'm, you know, if I'm trying to convince people to, you know, spend 30 to $60 a month on coffee, you know, that they drink at home, right. The lower income households are probably gonna be less likely to do anything Hard about pass. that. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Like, Cause they're, they're drinking 20 cents per cup coffee right now. Right. They're, and they are content. <laughs> they're at their grocery store buying the $8 bag of the, yes, the store 100%. brand stuff. Right. And yes. they're totally fine with it. So that's definitely yep. not a market just based on the income alone. So I can see like, okay, this, you know, this neighborhood here, the average income is 103,000. Perfect. Right. And it's, you know, it's not a super young neighborhood, which is also good. You know, the people who've actually like, I guess in my head, I I picture the youngins, like maybe like 25 and under. Are they going to have strong opinions about coffee realistically? Do they really care? Right. Because it's funny. Like as I get older, I'm starting to find things that I really care about and things that I just don't care about. And it's like the most minuscule things that I'm like, you know what? This is my new default. Like I'm I'm just – I'm not going to question this anymore. (laughs) And I'm trying to do that further. The – I think the the, the number that's most important in these routes is the number of businesses. Because I don't want to – I'm not ready to cater to businesses yet. It's I, I'm looking at residences. So like if I hover over this particular route, it says there are seven business addresses, but the one next to it says there are 21, right? Those are that's 21 addresses that are basically going to get flushed down the toilet for this sure, campaign, sure. you know? So like, like there are, there are a lot of different metrics here that are super interesting. But that's good to know when, once you are ready to support businesses, right? Now you can create a unique campaign just for that. Exactly. So we are Shoot. an hour and eight minutes into this program, Dylan. You know what time it is. Game time. That was so good, right? That was terrible. That was so low effort, man. Oh, man. That's okay. I know you caught me off guard. I'm not on my game this week. I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know if I'm not sleeping right, but I'm off I've, this week, man. <laughs> I've been sleeping terribly. I, I'm getting <laughs> you know, it so you just late. Have weeks, like, dude, last week I crushed the entire week across the board. Um, and then this week I'm just like, you know what, if we just get through it, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> it's almost over, man. That's yeah. What, I'm just trying to get counts. to next week. We're, yeah. I mean, we're entirely cool. on fire. So, so, so to keep you in the loop, I'm currently, uh, because I'm a sociopath, apparently, um, taking MIT's open courseware for, uh, uh, electrical engineering and computer science. I'm taking their course load right now. Um, and that's fun. I'm doing intro to programming in Python right now, which I have I have chops with Python, but this is like actual like formalized stuff. You're gonna replace um, so, James? Is that what's happening? God no, no, that's too <laughs> that maybe in ten years. Um, he's way too far <laughs> far for me to catch up right now. Um, but yeah, I'm learning about recursion. I, I, I jumped into recursion last night. That 
kicks my butt. I get it conceptually, but I, I can't do it. <laughs> so I'm intellectually beating the hell out of myself right now because um, I'm doing that plus, you know, I'm reading a book called Influence right now, which is actually really good. Um, yeah, I'm just going ham, dude. I'm trying to level up, so it's to speak. It's a good kind of meat to go. You're going to go meet, go ham. Right? <laughs> you get the joke. Come on. I know. I, Come I, on. It, took, it took me a second, and then I got it. Okay. All right. That's where I'm at this week. But uh, no, we're doing <laughs> feature development, which is nice. I, I haven't been able to really dive into that in a hot minute. So working through that. Um, so we'll, we'll be releasing some some new stuff that I can't share quite yet for Aura in the next few weeks. Very pumped. Is the, is the AI it, actually happening? The the AI? Not quite, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so to hit the AI, um, so we do use machine learning on our servers now. But too many people, including us at the beginning, unfortunately – push the the ai as a buzzword thing and like we truly mean like we do it like machine learning is technically in that umbrella um we just need we needed to be a little bit more like clear as to what we mean by that because too many people just go ai and it's like that's not actually ai what you're doing you're just doing smart decision trees that's (laughs) or i guess technically you can kind of say it you know so it's like and of course the lay person doesn't have a clue what the heck ai truly is so they just hear ai and go that sounds right it's like, dude, there's so many subsets of that. Like, you know, applications are are so wide and varied of it that it's like, at this point, it feels too much like a buzzword. But no, we we do want to do that. Um, we do want to shift over first into game theory. Um, it seems like the most appropriate first kind of step into it because a lot of people think like, all right, you're using machine learning, you're using AI. That's cool. But what a lot of people are thinking in their minds are AI-based repricing strategies, which are different, right? So in that regard, we're probably going to start with like game theory-based strategies and then kind of branch from there. Um, like most things, you you can't just be like, we're going to apply AI here. It's like you can apply it. It doesn't mean it's going to work. <laughs> like, you know, um, fun fact, it's actually got to work. Um, and that's a lot of testing. So initially, we just needed a large enough sample size to actually start testing models on. You know, we're, we're, we're at that point now tenfold in my opinion, but early on we just, we weren't so struggles of, of branding, man, but yeah. we're getting there. Yeah. I recognize that. I, I mean, yeah. I, in fun fact, we have one engineer, <laughs> so like, yeah. um, what turns out when you get to a large enough, uh, size touching, uh, production code as the solo engineer is kind of stressful. So, uh, understandably, you know, we wanted to punt a few things until we had a few engineers um, just as kind of sanity check each other because turns out that's a safe thing to do, especially when your business is as large as ours is now. Um, you don't just push out code <laughs> into oh, you know? production. Aww. Yeah, fun fact. You don't just throw things. People are like, oh, just hire a VA to do this. I was like, you do not want us to push VA code oh, God. to production. Are you kidding me? Oh, no. Like, no, that's how our business literally goes to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, thank you. Um, so that's oh. that's been fun. But uh, wait until you see man. how many... It, it's it's always amusing the VA argument. Like I understand VAs are easy and they're they're cheap, uh, expensive. Uh, how are you want to say well, that? When people are like, uh, I have a VA and they do code. I'm like, but they're a developer. That's different. They're not doing architecture and system design. And fun fact, your application, your web app, is a CRUD app, which means there's not that much freaking happening. <laughs> like we're not CRUD, and, and so like we're doing a lot of algorithmic based stuff on the back end. And I mean, we're using recursion in a lot of the stuff we do. Um, 
like simple things like ignore users below beneath my min price. That's a recursion problem. And guess what? Your average developer in India doesn't have a clue what that is. So, you know, I, I do get it, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm in alignment with having virtual assistants in different areas. And I think it does make a lot of sense in certain use cases, but when you're literally building a, a software startup, no, sorry. It's hard pass for me, dog. Yeah. doesn't work. We have a lot of engineers. Yeah. And that's, yeah. could you imagine your day job <laughs> being like, no, we just hired a bunch of VAs. <laughs> it's like, no, your company would be worth nothing right now because you would not have gotten to a critical threshold like you are right now. Oh gosh, I could not imagine. You wouldn't even be able to go public with that. Are you serious? They'd be like, wait, what? No, your risk is way too high. You're getting a steep discount on that valuation, my friend. Um, so, you know, again, different approaches. I, I think for people that want to build a CRUD based SaaS app for, for lifestyle and kind of maybe get to a mill a year and like, that's it. Sure. Do your thing. Um, but for what we do is way more complex. Um, and for what we want to do, yeah, it's not going to happen. You're not going to build a, a true platform play with VAs. Sure. Prove me wrong, but good luck. <laughs> good luck making a um, system and architecture design choices when you're not an engineer yes. for your developers. You're like, wait, why does this work? Oh, yeah, that's right, because you're not actually an engineer. Oh, darn. <laughs> so here's the here's the million-dollar question. Are you going to buy more coffee? I'm considering it. Yeah, I want to try it. Well, I say that because I want to try other ones. It's an explorer exploit problem. Of course. In my opinion. Of course. Because I'm trying to, now that I'm getting into like this world of like actual coffee, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know what my true taste, like what my desire is, if that makes sense. Like, what do you, have you seen, have you ever seen the TV show Lucifer? No, but I I scroll past it every single day on Netflix. So I'm going to, I'm going to say, so what is it that you truly desire? And then you're going to go watch it and you're going to get it now. It's going to make a lot of sense. Okay. I'm okay. going to plant that seed, but, um, I would listen there, there, there are areas in times where I just like a good Starbucks of style course. coffee. Of course. Like, I can respect like, So that. we have cafe Nero here, um, in Boston and I tried them the other day and it was surprisingly great. It really was. I was like, this is awesome. Um, granted I'm getting a vanilla latte cause I'm a basic <laughs> white girl, <laughs> but listen, sometimes you need that pumpkin spice. You know what I mean? It's gotta, it's gotta touch that soul. Yeah, um, never having pumpkin spice. I'm sorry. I uh, I saw a a pumpkin spice soap. Have you know who? Do you know the uh, the Duke Cannon Supply Company? They do like manly soaps and yes, shampoos yes, I and do. Stuff. I do. They sent yeah. me an email this morning. Um, the of course it hooked me in right because they they know marketing. They're <laughs> like, we thought we would never do this, and, and they're like, and we made a pumpkin spice bar soap. And then they literally sold out because, fun fact, even a bunch of dudes love the smell of pumpkin spice. Yeah, I'm sorry, so I do. Exactly My favorite time is fall. I'm not. I don't even care. I love fall, bro. I'm waiting for cold weather. I'm waiting for Halloween movies. I'm waiting for some popcorn, some cotton candy. Your boy's ready. That's when my inner child comes out. I I do not like summer, winter. I'm a fall, fall guy. Me too, man. Not it's just literally a fall up. guy, but I'm a fall guy. <laughs> I'm I like fall. fall. <laughs> I'm the fall I'm guy. A few hits, you know? <laughs> I know, man. You know, I'm your fall guy, man. <laughs> I do, man. I love it. I, I'm listen like the scented candles. I don't even care, dude. I'm so like unaffected by people's judgments. I'm like, no, dude. Your boys ordering some pumpkin spice like scented candles right now. <laughs> oh, speaking of scented candles, there's one that I ordered through a friend again through you know the the friends telling you the things you like word of mouth man yeah there was there's a small candle shop of course i can't 
type for shit, so I can't find it in my email. Uh, God, come on, Gmail. I have so many, so many emails in here, man. That's what, use their search, dude. Search is pretty good. That's what I, I'm, I'm, I've searched for candle and order because, you know, order would be in your subject line (laughs) and there would be candle and there's so much crap in here. Uh, Where was it? Can you find it? Oh, I guess if you don't have the domain name, you can't search for it. Yeah. See, I don't remember who made it and the candles in the room, but I don't want to go find it. Um, Let's see your order. And do you remember how your friend told you about it? Uh, it was on Facebook. This was months ago, though. Oh, okay, I was about was to say it, you can go there. No, it wasn't Etsy. No, that's two thousand. It's taking me back to two thousand fifteen. I do not Are you want sure that. Sure, you ordered the candle. <laughs> oh, I'm certain it's in there. So I'll I'll try to find it. And I'll I'll text okay. it to you. But nice. They um their hand they were like hand poured like made by hand and they have like okay. little. Like scented, I don't want to call them treats because you don't eat them, but like little <laughs> little treats, little, <laughs> little treats inside, <laughs> little treats, guys, um, covered that, in wax, but they taste great. <laughs> um, like in this case, it was like a like a pine and some other. Scent, oh, it's like a but, flavor bomb, like a scent bomb. Yeah, but then they, they like had little physical nuggets of, of related things that had smell to them like like if you think of like yeah. pine like maybe like a little mini pine something or other in there you know what i mean i'll just, oh that's cool yeah send it to when me I, when i when i find the link i'll send it to you i want to get one yeah i was, oddly love the hell out of some candles bro it um it's it it it, 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 it fuck, i can't even say words today <laughs> you're brain. just too excited let's go brain come on pick it up um, there it is it uh it, it smokes like like a chimney when you blow it out but oh geez I, I just cap it, dude. I just throw the lid back on. <laughs> it doesn't have a lid, so you have to cap it yourself oh. some other way. These are yeah, truly bespoke candles. Oh god, I wish I could figure it out why can't I? F- nice. I have so many emails in my inbox. I go back years, almost a decade. When you find it, send it to me because I want to. I want to order one and okay. try this. Try this out. You're so basic. I love it. I know. I really am. I've just. I've accepted it. To be honest, it makes me happy. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> 